The sermon that you're about to hear is from Pastor Paul Borman at Hope Lutheran Church, located in Tigard, Oregon. For more information and for more content, go to hopeintigard.com. Gospel reading for today is John chapter 5, verses 19 through 30. Here Jesus speaks to his people about the last judgment. Jesus gave them this answer. Very truly I tell you, the Son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees his Father doing. Because whatever the Father does, the Son also does. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all he does. Yes, and he will show him even greater works than these, so that you will be amazed. For just as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, even so the Son gives life to whom he is pleased to give it. Moreover, the Father judges no one, but has entrusted all judgment to the Son, that all may honor the Son just as they honor the Father. Whoever does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Very truly, I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged, but has crossed over from death to life. Very truly, I tell you, a time is coming and has now come when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. For as the, son, as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son also to have life in himself. And he has given him authority to judge because he is the Son of Man. Do not be amazed at this, for a time is coming when all who are in their graves will hear the, his voice and come out. Those who have done what is good will rise to live, and those who have done what is evil will rise to be condemned. By myself I can do nothing, I judge only as I hear. And I judge, my judgment is just, for I seek not to please myself, but him who sent me. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise be to you, O Christ. As the snow came down, at a dizzyingly intense speed. A young woman drove her car up the harrowing mountain pass in Montana. She was a naive city girl who was moving from the bright lights of the city to the deep country of Montana. And as she drove for the first time through that mountain pass, through the snow, she gripped her steering wheel and she prayed, Lord, you got to get me through this. Lord, please keep my car from sliding out of control and hitting another car or, or from sliding over the edge. Lord, you got to get me through this. Over the years, she grew more accustomed to the wild nature of Montana. She experienced many worse snowstorms and rainstorms and hailstorms and windstorms and famines, and, and she learned about nature over the year, lessons that she could never have learned in the city. 
She wrote about it. She said, over time, living in Montana has pounded into my consciousness the notion that no matter how we fight it, whether with technology or willpower or sheer denial, all we are is natural beings subject to nature. Sometimes the natural world takes your power like it does in February, when every fiber of your being just wants to hibernate. (laughs) And sometimes it bestows you with power, like it does in the summer, when you feel that you don't need to sleep and you're just riding along with the motions of the universe. This young woman, she learned about the power of nature. It's this reality that Jesus wants to wake us up to in this text. I'm not talking about necessarily the power of nature that he's trying to wake us up to. He's trying to wake us up to the reality that there is a force so far above us, so outside of what we can control, and we are subject to it. Jesus wants to wake us up to the fact that there is a voice so powerful, so authoritative, that it has the authority to make the call about your eternal destination. That voice is the voice that will decide your last judgment. As Jesus speaks about this, I think it's striking, really. It's striking that at no point in this discourse of Jesus does he talk about our role in our final judgment. Not a single time. You know, not a single time do do we see Jesus as, as the guy who is on the corner of the street while you're walking into your concert or your your pro sports event, the guy who's got the megaphone who's shouting out to everybody passing him by, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. And nowhere in the scriptures do you see Jesus acting like the guy who's driving around town in his car that's plastered with bumper stickers that say, hell is hot, choose Jesus now. And nowhere in the gospels Do you see Jesus acting like that preacher who is sweaty in the face with a capillary busting in his forehead, preaching judgment down upon his people, saying, you got to change the way that you live your life, otherwise you're in trouble. Nowhere in the Bible will you see that. The only Jesus you see here is a Jesus who has a force is so far above nature so far above it all that he can stand and calmly and powerfully and authoritatively confront our issues with the last judgment. Something I know is that it is so important for us to understand why Jesus speaks to us here. He knows something about us, and I think we know this about ourselves too. It's really easy for us to believe truths about ourselves. It's really easy for us to know about the things that we do wrong. It's much harder for us to believe that there is a God who has done something about it. 
You know, I, I think I can illustrate this to you. A guy named Michelangelo. <clears throat> Not talking about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. I'm talking about the, the masterful artist who paid, painted the Sistine Chapel ceiling. Michelangelo did what many other painters have done throughout history, and he painted himself into his masterpiece, except he didn't paint himself in a flattering light. He painted himself, this is a little bit PG-13, he painted himself as just a bag of skin. There's no bones inside of there. He's just skin, and his skin is being dangled over the fires of hell. People of hope. That feeling of despair about the last judgment is so much more common than you think it is. Now you are people of God. You, you understand God and his law. You understand God's expectations for you. So maybe you felt that before. Maybe you felt what it's like when the, when the despair and the guilt comes so heavily on you for the things that you have done that you start thinking in terms of, of one of two choices. Either you can despair of everything and just give up and let life wash over you, or you can lean into sin. You can figure, as long as I'm doomed by my sin, I might as well do it as much as I can. And so we despair of the last judgment. We fear it. We do that because just like Michelangelo looking at his Sistine Chapel, we're able to look at our Sistine Chapels and we're able to point out all of our flaws, all of the ways that we've fallen short of following God's law. We're able to look back at, at decades of faithful parenting and we're able to pinpoint all of the failures. We're able to look back at an entire career of hard work and we're able to point to every single bad decision that we ever made. We're able to look at our lives. <laughs> we're look, able to look at our masterpieces, our frescoes on the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel and we are able to see just how marred and disfigured it is. We're able to take a spiritual inventory of the things that we have to offer and we are able to see that it's not enough. And so we'd start to despair. We start to feel like we're just a bag of skin being dangled out over the fires of hell. We start to believe that, that we are a person that just is a ticking time bomb waiting for God to pronounce his judgment. And if there's any part of you that spiritually gets that, like gets it at all, then you're also going to be able to understand why it is that Jesus speaks so insistently with us here. He speaks so fiercely, like he's taking an oath here. By the way, you should know this, when you read the Bible, when you hear Jesus say the words, very truly, I tell you, you've got to pay attention. And he's about to say it twice. This is the first one. Jesus says, Very truly I tell you, 
Whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me, whoever hears and believes has eternal life. That's present tense. Has eternal life and will not be judged, but has already crossed from life, from death to life. Now, the Christ you see here, it's no Christ on a corner with a bullhorn telling you that you have to go and repent so that you can be saved. This isn't some uh, red-faced, sweaty Jesus preaching so furiously that his capillaries are about to burst. You can search all you want. You will never find a Jesus in the scriptures telling you that you should be worried about the last judgment. You'll never find it. In fact, the only time that you hear judgment mentioned in this text, it comes with the word not in front of it. The only Christ you'll find here is a Christ who is saying to you that not for a second should you be worried about what's going to happen. He's saying, you can trust me. You can trust me my voice, when I tell you that the only judgment you are heading for is a not judgment. And you can trust my voice when I tell you that you have already crossed from death to life. People of hope, that is the grace of God. (laughs) The grace of God is that there is nothing that you have done, there is nothing that you could have done, there is nothing that you can do Because everything has already been done. And that's not all the grace that's in this text. There's more. This is what Jesus said. He, he said that whoever believes the word of God has life. This is the further, further grace that Jesus says that it's that, that faith that is required, that's not even your job. Not even that. Not, not even a decision that you could make to believe in Jesus. That's not even yours. Jesus says, this is a second, very truly, I tell you. He says, very truly, I tell you, a time is coming and has now come, has now come, when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear it will live. Did you catch why it is that Jesus takes full responsibility for our faith? It's because it's something that we can't do on our own. Jesus says we were dead. And a dead thing does not create something. And so Jesus said that there is a time that is coming and has now come when the dead will hear my voice and they will live. Jesus says, my voice, my voice. You hear it. You hear my word. And my word creates life. You know that word, that voice. Have you ever seen in the Bible how that voice has created something? (laughs) How that voice of God himself spoke into the darkness and into the nothingness of creation and said, let there be, and it was. Could you understand how it could be that Jesus says, my voice creates what wasn't there before? 
It takes the spiritually, spiritual deadness of us and it creates the life with faith. And he does that even here. And he does it even now and he does it even in you. Have you ever realized that that's the whole reason why I preach at all on a Sunday? I preach in order to call out with that resurrection level power of Jesus' voice to you. Even right here in the rehearsal hall of the Broadway Rose, even right now on November 6th as the rain pours outside, even to you as you sit in your chair. That's what Jesus said. He's talking about this moment right now. He said, A time is coming and has now come when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. Do you see what Jesus is doing? Do you see what Jesus is up to right here and right now? He's not referring to some future apart from this one. He's not talking about a now other than this now. And he's also not talking about some future hypothetical other audience. He's talking about you. Jesus is promising you that the time is now. And the place is here. And the soul that he's resurrecting is yours. So that you can believe that you are alive. So that you can stop feeling like your, your body is being dangled over the fires of hell. So that you can stop wondering whether you're going to be saved from a final judgment. So that you can know that you have crossed from life to death. That your future is secure. That you are living your eternal life right now. You see, that's what Jesus' cross is all about. It was there on the cross that justice, that judgment was paid out once for all time. That's already done. On the cross, when Jesus died, when he paid for all of our sins, judgment was rendered for all and especially for you. Again, so that you'd never dangle precariously. So that you'd never have to worry about what kind of eternal life you'll have. So that you'd never have to give up on life thinking, I'm toast. See, that's who Jesus is and that is what he's for. He is a force above nature. He's one who takes gospel truths and plants them deep in us and makes us come alive in resurrection-level power. You know, it reminds me of that lady from Montana that I told you about. She learned about her place in nature. She learned about the powers that were over her. This is how she closed her article. She wrote, We believe we are run by our thoughts and by our anxieties, 
by our urges and our choices. But you come to a place like Montana and you will be reminded that the sun is running you. That the storms are running you. That the lack of light or the light is running you. Jesus' voice is like that, but better. It's a force that comes into our lives with with power so great and force so creative that it creates in us a faith and a life where there was only deadness before. And we have Jesus' promise in this scripture that those who believe in him have crossed from death to life, so it should not surprise you. Not for one second. That when the last judgment finally arrives, Jesus' voice will sound one more time. And we will hear his voice. And we will rise to live the life that we have already begun. Amen. Amen.